0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of On the Continuum, a podcast that gets into the nitty-gritty in the world of money. I'm David Rath, Chief Investment Officer at Continuum Wealth Advisors, here to remind you that when it comes to your money, very few issues are black and white. Most things exist on a continuum. Welcome to another episode of On the Continuum. I'm your co-host, David Rath, Chief Investment Officer at Continuum Wealth Advisors, And today, we're going to be talking about cybersecurity, especially as it relates to your personal financial information. I'm joined today by a very special guest, Bruce Cheney, a senior sales engineer at Arctic Wolf. Bruce, how are you today? Good, Dave. I'm glad to be here. Glad to have you here. So Bruce covers all things cybersecurity for some businesses, but I will let him take a minute and talk about
1: what he does for Arctic Wolf and what Arctic Wolf the company does. Hey, thanks, Dave. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm a sales engineer at Arctic Wolf, and uh, and and what Arctic Wolf is, is we're a global leader in cybersecurity operations. Um, we believe that uh, there's a cybersecurity effectiveness problem in the world, um, where uh, tools get beat continuously. So every time we see ransomware. Or business email compromise. Uh, they, the, you know, the victims always have endpoint protection and they always have firewalls and they might have MFA and all these other tools, but the tools continuously get beat. So at Arctic Wolf, we provide security operations through really people and processes um, to help um, you know, when the tools get beat to identify attacks um, and then provide um, you know, remediation and, and things like that for our customers.
0: So basically, you guys stay one step ahead of the bad guys, right?
1: Right. That's it. Yeah, we're trying to get a you know a, a two thousand foot view over the network, broad visibility over everything, um, ingest all the security telemetry, and uh, and then you know as we analyze it, enrich it with our uh, our threat intelligence, um, you know deliver outcomes back to our customers before it turns into something that's catastrophic.
0: Perfect. So. I'm glad to have you on the podcast because we actually just sent a communication out to our clients regarding what they can do to protect their financial information and to be aware of any sort of threats to stealing their their, their personal financial information and uh, th- thought you would be the perfect person to have on to talk about this. So in your experience, what has been or, or what are some of the big mistakes that you see individuals making with their with their online security.
1: Yeah, you know, I think today one of the biggest problems is that people just don't realize that they are the attack vector that that's, they're the link they're the you know the weakest link. they're the way that the bad guys are, are getting into the network. Um, you know it, probably 85 to 90 percent of the time we see incidents and breaches, it was always caused by by a human making a mistake whether they opened up an email or they gave their credentials somewhere. So people just don't understand that they are the human firewall. Uh, they need to be the human firewall and understand that they're an attack vector to a whole entire trove of, of information that, you know, could be, you know, business related, personal, uh, that would cause a lot of grief, uh, for for somebody to have that stuff compromised.
0: Now, would you say like email is primarily like the, the main, uh, the, the the main tool that hackers will use to access people either via
1: phishing or some other form? Sure, yeah. Yeah. It's it's you know it's it's a way in that can go undetected, right? Somebody can send an email in today they can craft the emails, you know, to, to look very, very good. Um, and they just need the user to uh you know to, to click on something. They just need to trick them. Um, you know we were just talking about this story um, with, with Dave here where um, you know we had uh, uh, an incident with somebody where they had their account compromised and their business um, you know pretty much destroyed because and the bad guys had tracked them, they, they watched them, they watched them on social media, they saw them on LinkedIn and on Facebook and on Instagram and they knew what they were doing and they knew their kids and they knew their wife and they knew all this information about them and then when something happened at one of the kids schools the bad guys saw this and they were able to use that to then craft an e Email to this person, you know, around those circumstances at the school, making it very, very easy for the parent to click on it, which then gave the bad guys access to the system, access to the laptop. uh, And from there, they were able to piggyback their way into, um, you know, the organization, into the financial records and, um, you know, business email compromise and that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, it's scary stuff because they're getting better about making things more realistic. They do their homework. They see who's related to whom, and then they will mimic that person either in a phone call or an email and then use that entry to, get, to gain access to your sensitive data. Um, one, one thing that I've noticed in, in my experience is people who use the same password across their, their network of usernames and passwords. So they have the same login for Facebook as they do for their bank, and they have their same login for some some fantasy football site that they do for their social security login. So, is that something that you still see as a major problem?
1: Yeah, people, you know, and and I tend to think with password managers and tools like that, that people are getting better at it. Um, but it's it it still happens. It's uh, there's an attack called credential stuffing that the bad guys do. Um, you know, when a, a site like LinkedIn gets breached, and you know. 3 million or 3 billion or however many usernames and passwords were leaked, and those usernames are email addresses with a password, the bad guys can then take those and just stuff them into, you know, a thousand sites out there. So I could take, you know, Bruce at Bruce.com is my email address with my password of password. And let me just stuff this at Bank of America and at Wells Fargo and at, you know, all these other places, you know, Netflix and at Amazon and on eBay. And, you know, just hope that that person used the same password, um, you know, over. Also, um, you know, I've seen situations where, you know, you'll have multiple breaches. I mean, obviously breaches happen all the time. Passwords get leaked and you'll see people using a pattern of like margie 53 and then a different breach it was margie 54 and then a different breach it was margie 56 and so i can now go to maybe their outlook web access or their office 365 and try those types of passwords margie 54 and 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 maybe get a hit right which is why it becomes very important to have things like mfa multi-factor authentication turned on uh, for anything that's external like that
0: yeah and i think that's a great point with the multi-factor authentication because There's a few different things that you can set up, either getting a text to your phone. They are uh, authenticator apps that you can have on your phone that just provides an extra layer of security for people so that if they do get access to a username and password that they are using across all the sites that they can possibly think of. At least now there's a step where you have to confirm that it's actually you via a text or via some other form of authentication, right?
1: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And and a lot of places are forcing you into it, so you can you know first time you go to your bank, they have to send you a text message and you have to put that you know whatever that number is back into the application. And you know if you go to your uh, you know your health insurance provider and they might every time you log in send you a text message with a code that you then need to type in, right? So it's just it's multi factor, right? The first. Factor is my username and password. I know that. Well, what's one other thing? Oh, I have my phone so I can have a text message or I have my thumbprint, right? Those would be different types of factors. So the more that you use, you know, the better off it is. Um, but people need to understand when they use MFA um, that, that again, they're this attack vector. So when Uber was just attacked and, and breached a couple of months ago, they targeted one person. Um, they had his credentials as they were logging in, it kept blowing up his phone, MFA authentication, and he kept saying no, deny, 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 and after a bunch of them, he got a text message from the attacker saying, hey, this is the Uber help desk, we're troubleshooting MFA, uh, you're going to keep getting all these alerts uh, unless you respond yes to it, we'll let you know when it's fixed. Uh, and then they blasted him again with an MFA authentication and he hit yes. And at that point, the bad guys were now in because they got through that multi-factor. So even if you enforce it on users or you require it, users need to understand that if they get a multi-factor request where they're not trying to log in somewhere, that that's a problem, that that needs to be reported. They have to tell somebody an action needs to be taken because their credentials are compromised.
0: Yeah, and the bad guys know that there's two-factor authentication, so they will figure out a way around that. So they'll, they're very clever with their ways of, of tricking people. So uh, another thing that I think everybody's kind of guilty of, and I don't know how big of a deal this is, but if you're using public Wi-Fi at a coffee shop, should you be logging into your bank via your... Via your laptop or via your phone, is, is that something where people can access sensitive data?
1: Right. Yeah. Public Wi-Fi is is really wide open, um, so it's it's bad idea all the way around to to access anything that requires secure. I mean, I wouldn't even connect to a non secure public Wi-Fi. Um, you know, with a, just a what they call a man in the middle attack. Um, first of all, I don't even know what that Wi-Fi is, even though it might say. Saratoga Wi Fi, that could just be somebody sitting in a car somewhere with a device called Saratoga Wi Fi. And now, if I connect to that, maybe I'm passing credentials to them. Maybe they're stealing my username. Maybe they're stealing my banking information. Um, you know, even though your bank conceptually will encrypt your data from your browser to their web server with somebody in the middle, a man in the middle, they could potentially, you know, trick you into accepting a certificate, which would then allow them to see that information um, in clear text, you know, unencrypted before it got forwarded onto the bank. So, um, you know, if you don't know what you're connecting to, it's, it's probably a bad idea and you shouldn't connect to it.
0: So is it a good, good rule of thumb that unless there is a password associated with the Wi-Fi that you're trying to connect to, that it's probably a good idea not to?
1: Right. Yeah. Anything that requires, you know, an type of you know key you have to type in a key to join it you know okay. so yeah because at that point at least you know you have a little bit of control over who can you know get the device who's there who's the who's in the middle of the transaction. Gotcha.
0: Okay great. The other thing that as a financial firm that we try to discourage but it happens anyway is people have maybe their tax return or a bank statement and they will send it to us via email and they're not using the Dropbox link that we sent to them. That's a, that's an encrypted, uh, that it's a secure encrypted connection. So that that's also something that I, I wish that everybody would adhere to, which is don't send your personal information via email. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So email is is like a postcard that you're sending through the mail. Anybody who touches the postcard can read what's on it, can see the contents of it email works the same way. So when you're sending an email with social security numbers or credit card information, again, anybody that can position themselves in the middle of that transaction. So anybody able to see, uh, you know, the communication would just be able to read that information. So it could be, you know, somebody on either end of it or somebody, uh, you know, sitting in the middle, um, which is why solutions like Dropbox or, you know, OneDrive, things like that, um, you know, make it more safe to to you know transfer yeah. information.
0: Yeah, and so I think that's probably a pretty good encapsulation of mistakes that pe- that people make with their personal data. Unless there's anything else that comes to mind for you,
1: no, that's it. Yeah, and if you and it all boiled back to the user. The user just has to pay attention and be aware and know that's where the attack's coming they're going to attack you to get either into your own assets and into your resources and into your bank or they're going to attack you to get into the business that you work for and regardless of your level in the business whether you're a ceo or whether you're working at the front desk you're still a way for a bad guy to get into that business yeah
0: so enough beating up people as far as the mistakes (laughs) that they're making What are some easy fixes? I know we touched on maybe a password manager or two-factor authentication. Can you go into what a password manager is and why that works for protecting your data?
1: Yeah, so a password manager is a tool, a piece of software that uh, in some cases will install right into your browser. And every time that you are required to enter a password uh, into a website, it will help you to generate a secure password, so a random you know string of text and numbers. Uh, and then it will also store it for you so that each site can have a different secure password, right? because that's the problem, right? We don't have to write them down if I try to use a 14 character, just random numbers and letters. For ten sites, I have to write them down. It's become, and that's a you know a risk in itself. So here, this piece of software allows you to maintain complex passwords for multiple sites, right? You think about all the different sites you have passwords to, right? And they're all in one place. And now, as I need them, my browser will plug them in automatically for me. Um, I just would need to authenticate to that to whatever tool it is. So it just simplifies and streamlines. Uh, the process of of you know having a good password for every site, a good unique password yeah. for every site,
0: and I use it personally. We use it from a business standpoint, and I will say that the user interface is pretty user friendly. I'm not very technologically savvy but it does allow for an easy prompt. When I get to a website, it says, is this the password that you want to use? Sometimes I have to figure out, like maybe the web the web address is different than what I have saved. I have to go in and search for it, but that's very few and far between. So it is very user-friendly as an easy way to protect your passwords and to use different difficult passwords across the full range of sites that you're using. Yep. Uh, we, we talked about the public Wi-Fi, so make sure that you're using Wi-Fi that you have to have that password so it's not open to everybody. Um, we also talked about having your radar up when you are receiving an email. Now, this is something that has happened to me a few times because the people who are trying to get access to either my personal information or the business information know that I work with a guy named Tim Smith. Tim Smith is the CEO of this company. So I'll get an email from a Tim Smith that says... I'm in a meeting right now. Can you send me your phone number so I can send you a text? Well, obviously Tim has my phone number, but the email says Tim Smith. If I look at the email address, it's from some random Hotmail or Gmail account, but they changed the username to Tim Smith, hoping that I would just be quickly looking at my phone and give them the information and then that would be the next step in their con. So, as you mentioned, the user is the first line of defense for everything. So, your your antenna should be up at all points <laughs> during your day thinking about there's probably somebody out there that's trying to steal my stuff and I need to make extra sure that there is that they're not going to be able to, to trick me into giving my stuff away.
1: Right. Yeah, You have to do your diligence. You know, I mean, I, yeah. I- like you've fallen for it you've seen them you get them same for me you know you have to hover your mouse over the link and look at it and see where is it actually going look at the url Uh, regardless of what the display name is in the email message you know click on it Um, yeah i see this on my phone all the time where it comes in and it looks like it's somebody i click on and it's this really long string of characters at gmail.com doesn't even match who you know anything remotely close but the display name says this right um and and then i you know i i people just to use with the diligence that common sense you know why would tim smith be asking for my phone number for me to tag giving me his phone number when when i already have that relationship and why is there an urgency why is the president of my company all of a sudden has an urgent message for me that i've never gotten before and and it's okay in today's world to kind of call out that stuff and ask Mm -hmm. hey i'm just being sure did you really want me to go buy Ten Walmart gift cards for a hundred <laughs> bucks each, right? Yeah,
0: um, yeah, but, that, that's a great point. If if something doesn't smell right, it makes sense to take that extra second just to confirm, even if it's somewhat embarrassing to go back. To, in this case, go back to a coworker and say, Is, "Did you really mean that?" And if if not, then I just saved myself and probably my business a, t- a ton of trouble.
1: Yeah, or if it's somebody that you know, it's a friendly email that you think might, you know, a lot of times I'll get email from people that's clearly. You know, or maybe not clearly, but it looks like something happened. Somebody's sending email from their account, and I'll just call them. Hey, did you just send me that? This is weird. You sent me this, you know, 15 meg attachment. You never do that. Is this, you know? Um, and and people don't mind today. Uh, you know, I think maybe a few years back people would mind, but the way that we're getting attacked, and especially with the the ruling for for Merck, where you know the cyber carrier has to pay the 1.4 billion dollars. You know, that's going to that's going to make people, you know, make it more difficult to get cyber insurance and things like that today. Uh, So we're going to have to just keep our guards up and and make sure that, you know, we're paying attention to those emails. It's going to come in an email, right? It's it's, going to
0: come in an email. I know that sometimes people have gotten phone calls uh, about their sons in jail because they went on Facebook and they saw that their son is named Tommy and they say Tommy's in jail. And so the person in a panic will give that person their bank data so they can wire $5,000 to bail them out. So right. it is mostly email, but there's also other forms that sure do need yep. to be aware of. Yeah,
1: and those, you know, I say, tell your grandparents about that, right? Yeah. Talk to them about that. They'll let them know nobody's ever going to call them. Again, for Walmart gift cards for, yeah. <laughs> you know, to get out of jail or, or whatever. But yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, there's voicemail attacks today. And then, you know, with the phishing emails, I mean, there's all sorts of, of, uh, of things. And as more stuff comes out, you know. more attacks will come out.
0: Yeah. And that's a great point. I don't think there's ever going to be an end in sight because as people like you and your company, as you stay one step ahead of the bad guys, the bad guys are also improving their tactics and they're improving their ways of stealing money from people. And so we need to constantly be vigilant to what attacks are out there, applying common sense to different situations. So I think we've done a pretty good job of giving people the an idea about the mistakes that they could be making in their life. And then what the fixes for those mistakes would be. If yet, do you have anything else to add?
1: No, I think that's it. You know, just be prepared, you know, have a plan and uh, you know, just watch your stuff, pay attention to to what you're doing and and know the bad guys are coming, you know, they're out there and uh, it's, it's a, it's a brutal world. You know, they have nothing to lose by attacking, you know, U S businesses.
0: Yeah, I, I actually heard on a different podcast about how to how to make it so that you're you you live a more extended life. What's it, what's an easy thing that you could do for that? And the guy said car accidents are one of the major causes of death in this country. And they said imagine every day that you're on the road, there is somebody that is trying to kill you. So you are extra vigilant to the there there might be a car that's going to swerve into the other lane or cut you off or T-bone you. I think the same principle can be applied to cybersecurity. Assume that every email that you get is from a is from an attacker, and so just having that extra second or two seconds of thought of did this person really mean to send me this? Should I click on this link? Okay. I think would help people.
1: Yeah, and that's why our companies go through so much trouble to flag emails as external. You know, don't open attachment if you don't know who it's from, and put all those warnings for us um, because the bad guys are getting better, and and they're they're. Yeah, they're making it easier for us to to fall for it.
0: Yeah. Well, Bruce, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming aboard. Um, yeah, this if, was awesome. Glad to be here. If people want to find you or Arctic Wolf, where where's the best spot to go? Uh
1: yeah, you can go to arcticwolf.com and uh or you can catch me at LinkedIn, I guess. i have a Bruce Cheney, C H E N E Y. All right, perfect. Well, thanks a lot, Bruce. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. Please note, the information discussed on this podcast is for educational purposes only. Nothing discussed constitutes a recommendation. If you would like a review of your personal financial situation, please contact us at contwealth.com or call 518-583-4050.